Did you know that El Muerto is only in two comic book issues? <laughs> fucking aware, dude. And he's getting a movie. He's getting a movie. And they're like, they're recent comic issues. Yeah. Like, I think it was like 2014 or something. Yeah. I I have some thoughts about that, but Bad Bunny beats them all, you know? It's just like, I get like introducing newer characters again, like America Chavez, Miss mm-hmm. uh, Marvel, Miss Marvel, uh, Miles Morales. They're all not. They're all like within the last probably twenty years. Yeah, if but like, at least they had like their own comic storylines and stuff. El Muerto's mm-hmm. in two issues. Yeah, baffling to say the least. It just proves more that Sony. I just, Sony just confuses and angers me, <laughs> quite frankly. I mean, meanwhile, uh, uh, Michael Mando is just sitting there waiting to be Scorpion. Yeah. And he'd do it at the drop of a hat. Oh, yeah. And he's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know what Sony needs? They need a David Zaslav. The axe of Zaslav thirsts for blood. And it will. And it, it will bleed. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Nights. Well, some of them. Plus one, actually, today. Yes, we do. And yeah. his name is Kyler Wagner. He's just off camera and off mic. But if he wants to chip in, we'll let him today say hello very loudly. Hello. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> and we are the Movie hey. Nights. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching this, it's because you want to hear our uncensored... Unfiltered. ...thoughts and opinions about the world of movies and, inter- and entertainment news, so kick back. Relax. And thank you for being part of the conversation. I love how I thank them for being a, car- a part of the conversation, even though it's not live and they can't contribute to the conversation. <laughs> Only after the fact. There's a really <laughs> there's a really old skit from this show called... Uh, Mr. Show with Bob and David, yes. which is with uh, Bob and Kirk, who plays Saul, and David Cross, who mm-hmm. played uh, Uncle Ian in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Thank you for <laughs> doing that one and not Arrested Development. Um, and basically the concept of the skit is it's multi-layered, but it's the pre-recorded call-in show. So the concept of it <laughs> is that people are supposed to call in with the topic that they're going to talk about next week, but everyone thinks they're recording a live show. So they're getting call-ins about last week's show that's airing. So if we're talking about dogs, <laughs> and we're like, so call in about uh, fruit, because we're going to be talking about fruit next week. If you're watching dogs now, this show has already aired. Mm-hmm. You should have called last week when we were talking about cats. And then they're getting phone calls, and they're getting phone calls about cats. That's so fucking funny. So I think we should start doing that. I would love that. We just have a live caller talking about last week's episode try to predict what the news will be yeah. and if you're right we'll use you yeah but if, it, if you write often enough we will know you're a time traveler and we will find you <laughs> and we will ask you to bring us forward in time yeah so that we Get can see all more show in theaters <laughs> see we tied it back into the cold opening did, How about man that? that was great good you job know, buddy i do what i can you know the show needs some structure that's that no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but we got a bunch of stories to dive into today. Uh, one kind of right off the top. Um, you're, you're a Kevin Feige fan. I've been known to dabble in the fandom of Kevin Feige, yes. Yes, me as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently he was talking to Total Film, you know, lovely website. And I think it used to be a magazine, maybe. I don't know. I think it still is. 
great. Either yeah, way, they're pretty bitching. And he was talking to them, and basically they were asking about where's all this leading? Like phase mm-hmm. four, what's what's all this going to? Is this going to be like a, a new Avengers thing? Like what's going on? So Kevin Feige surprisingly gave them an answer that I'm surprised he kind of even answered. As we're nearing the end of phase four, I think people will start to see where this next saga is going. I think there have been many clues already there that, that are at least apparent to me of where this whole thing is going, but we'll be a little more direct about that in the coming months to set a plan so audiences who want to see the bigger picture can see a tiny, tiny bit more of the roadmap. So basically, he's like, fucking wait, and you'll know. But he also says the end of phase four, which is a bit of shocking because it's like, I thought everything that's been announced is phase four. We're not close to that yet, yeah. or at least it doesn't seem that way. So, like, my brother in Christ, you have through twenty twenty six planned out. <laughs> how is this? How is how this are phase we four? getting close? Yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, I look. The answer is Secret Wars. We've been saying that for a while, forever. Mm-hmm. I know it's not going to be apparent to maybe the average moviegoer, but you know, to someone who's familiar with the comics like you and I, this is clearly where they're heading. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he means. Watch him mean something completely fucking different and we feel stupid. Well, they've already introduced the multiverse. We've already had characters from other universes come in. We've had characters from our universe go out. And Michael Keaton's vulture. <laughs> um, and we have introduced now in oh. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Madness the concept of an incursion. Yeah. Which is basically Secret Wars. Yeah, dude, I hope Morbius is in Secret Wars. I hope that was the deal they had to make. <laughs> Kevin's like, we'll put him in, but we're going to kill him. And they're like, we'll just say he's alive in our film. Joke is on you. Joke's on you. We'll bring it back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think it's definitely heading to Secret Wars for sure. Yeah, no, and it's it's not just the Secret Wars thing. It's also just um, the Thunderbolts as well and that whole storyline that's yeah. going on. So clearly they're going to intersect eventually and kind of like how phases one through three had the earth story and the cosmic story and how they both eventually came together for the infinity saga. So I think it'd be very interesting if they just, they build up all these different storylines and they're like, ah, crap, we can't, (laughs) we can't close these all out. So we're just going to, we're all, we're just going to chuck them onto the planet and call it secret wars and just scrap everything. Everyone's in the middle of their storyline. Just they're here now. Yeah. Listen, this will never happen. Yeah. But I would genuinely love it if like the big tie-in movie was the finale of a Disney Plus series, but the finale was theatrical. Like if they did a like a Secret Wars show? Yeah, or like you know how in comics if there was a a big story going on, mm-hmm. like you'd be reading Captain Marvel and then it would say story continues in Fantastic Four seventeen. Oh. And then you'd go get Fantastic Four seventeen and be like story continues in Black Panther number eleven and then you'd go get Black Panther number eleven. Yeah. Like I literally wish it would be like bam 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 movie. And then like all the finales of the shows. Yeah, but but lead the, into but that. Just the pre production on that would be fucking impossible oh yeah like there's no way are you saying feige couldn't do it i'm listen i'm not saying he can't do it that guy can do anything i'm just saying i don't think he wants to do it and i wouldn't want to do it either yeah there's too many factors and if one thing falls through i mean think about if toby or andrew said no yeah right that movie doesn't happen yeah so (laughs) any of these and all these actors that you have to get and people from other universes potentially Mm -hmm. it just it becomes a nightmare logistics yeah it would just be horrible but i am glad to see he's finally commenting on 
Like, hold on. Yeah. Everything's coming. We it's, got it. It's gonna be it. it's gonna be good. What do you guys think about Kevin Feige's comments? Let us know down in the comments. We're gonna move on to our next story, and I'm gonna let you take control of this one because this applies more so to your wheelhouse than mine. Our next story comes to us from the Hollywood <laughs> Reporter. Uh, this is an exclusive from them that a prequel series to Game of Thrones focusing on Kit Harrington char- Kit Harrington's character Jon Snow is in development with Kit Harrington already attached to reprise his role as Jonathan Snow. They they specify that it is a live action spin-off series because uh, the Game of Thrones world is currently expanding with a bunch of animated shows and as well as a few other live action prequel series and some sequel series. So what I found most interesting about this though is that the Game of Thrones schedules are so elaborate and complex and very time consuming too. It you know, think about how often it takes to get the shows. These are big budgeted yeah. TV pieces here. Mm-hmm. And what I find most fascinating is that uh Marvel they lock their actors down. They're like, oh, no, you're, you're ours for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You don't get to do anything else. Yeah. And Kit Harington was Dane Whitman, a.k.a. the Black Knight, in the Eternals movies. And they set up a post credit scene with him about him getting the sword, taking on the mantle of the Black Knight. So what does that mean for that storyline? And or, you know, I don't think they even have this is just in development. There's probably not even writers or anything attached. Yeah. Yet. So it's it's how far away is that? And it seemed that. They were setting him up to be a major player in the MCU, so I'm curious to see how that'll actually connect. Yeah, me as well. Good job. Good points brought up about his MCU character. I know that Marvel recently stopped doing the long-term contracts. Mm-hmm. but like, I don't think Oscar Isaac said yeah. to return yet. No, he's not. But, uh, but, I think that, yeah. but I think that if the problem is money, Marvel will just be like, I bet we have more. <laughs> I, bet, well. I, I guarantee you we have more, sir. So I think maybe it's just probably something that's been working out schedule-wise. HBO Max is owned by Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. Is Feige going to face the axe of Zaslav? David Zaslav versus Kevin Feige in a bare-knuckle brawl. That's what I want. <laughs> they, they can pay-per-view that. <laughs> Dude, I'd, pay, I'd, buy, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd pay 100 bucks to watch it <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> I would. That, I mean, and studios cooperating in instances like yeah. this is not uncommon yeah. unless you're paramount and warner brothers <laughs> listen paramount is the greatest movie studio ever <laughs> mustache gate <laughs> ever for mustache gate and they didn't release shit during the pandemic almost nothing <laughs> and everyone was like paramount you're gonna go bankrupt and they were like fuck you they're and like then, oh yeah watch this and then in 2022 what happened sonic 2 jackass top gun maverick the offer and they have another movie coming out this year and it's like bam 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 they bitch. did the lost city too which and like, the lost did, city did really well box yes. office wise and they were like we yeah. knew what we were doing and they Stay held the up they had tom cruise in their back pocket because he's small and fit in there caddy <laughs> <laughs> tom cruise decided he's like oh <laughs> let's play the maverick card and then you got mission impossible next year yeah and the year after paramount's good Paramount puts out some. Good I love stuff. Paramount, bro. And the Halo show. Jury's still out on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yes, what do you guys think about the new Game of Thrones spinoff starring Kit Harington's Jon Snow? Let us know as we go on to our next stories. Uh, oh, I just realized I saved the box office for last again. 
Which, well, I mean, we have two more stories for the box office. I just realized I forgot to do the box office. <laughs> we got to give the people what they want. We got to build up to the box we'll office. We'll build up to the box office. That's fine. But I, I've gotten some feedback from some viewers saying that they missed the box office being at the top. And by some viewers, I mean Hannah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. But uh, <laughs> it was you 3 a.m. when you're tired and you're like, why is it at the end again? I wanted to watch that <laughs> first. Yeah. But uh, all right. So the last two big stories here. Uh, this one is also an exclusive from the Hollywood Reporter. You like Marvel? <laughs> I think that's pretty it's, apparent. It's been known, yeah. Look at the fucking studio, guys. Do I have any Marvel uh, on the? No, but you got some DC. Yes, I do. I have the War Machine right there. Oh, I mean, I mean, nice who would, try. Who wouldn't have the War Machine? That's what I'm saying. I have the first War Machine. I know, and the first James Rhodes. Yes, I do. Fucker. <laughs> but uh. What a steal. <laughs> but basically, um, Marvel is developing a new series, surprise, surprise, except this time it's going to be on the character of Wonder Man with Destin Daniel Creighton of Shang-Chi fame along with Andrew Guest. This is what The Hollywood Reporter had to say. Wonder Man is the latest Marvel superhero to get the screen treatment. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings filmmaker Destin Daniel Creighton has teamed up with Andrew Guest, a writer and producer on comedies such as Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Community, to tackle a live-action series featuring the longtime Marvel character. Guest will serve as the head writer of the series, while Creighton will exec produce and direct an episode or more. Creighton is working via his overall deal with Marvel Studios, which we did report on. Mm-hmm. Signed late last year in the glow of Shang-Chi's success, the two will act as co-creators for the series. Development for what is being titled Wonder Man is in the early stages, but if things crackle, cameras could be rolling in 2023. Wow. So, I have a couple thoughts on this. One, I forgot that Dustin Daniel Creighton had an overall deal with Marvel, and that's just crazy that they signed someone to an overall deal, And but I'm glad he's doing stuff. I was shocked that it was Wonder Man because I remember after Shang-Chi came out, everyone was like, oh, it's going to be like a Ten Rings show. Yeah, or, which uh, apparently they're still going to the do. The sister, a show about the sister and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that he just out of left field, just hey, Wonder Man. Yeah. Uh, two, my other thought is, well, I mean, this is exciting news. Let me get that out mm-hmm. of the way. I'm really excited about this. But two, Wonder Man was supposed to be in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Scenes were shot with him, but they were deleted. So, I mean, obviously, they're not canon. They mean nothing. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they keep the same actor. That would be fun- funny to me, but obviously, they don't have to. Nathan Fillion was originally cast as Wonder Man mm-hmm. and did it for a couple bits in the movie because Wonder Man in the comics is an actor. He's a movie star. And there were scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where they were walking past movie posters starring that actor, and it was Nathan Fillion like across a bunch of movie posters. The Wonder Name's per- name, like his Wonder Man's name... Is leaving uh, me right it's, now. It's, uh, Simon, uh, Simon Williams. Yes, that's it. Good job. I almost said Simon West. Simon West. <laughs> Director of Con Air. Goddamn right. Anyway, what are your thoughts on this, and do you think they might keep Nathan Fillion? I'm excited for it. I like the the creative team behind it. I think it's an interesting character. Uh, definitely more comedic, so I'm curious to how that goes, because, I mean, Shang-Chi had its funny moments, but mm-hmm. it seems like a character like Wonder Man would kind of have to be more of a comedy mm-hmm. uh I, i'm curious too because i know there's times when he has like actual powers like the full like black suit with the red thing and then yeah. i know there's other times where he's just in like a red leather jacket and sunglasses just vibing uh so i mean probably a healthy mix of both i i'd love to see nathan fillion back though i mean i mm-hmm. think he's a fantastic he's very funny a yeah. great actor or at least if he's not back if they referenced it that'd be really funny yeah yeah so it'd be it'd be interesting to see for sure and well, you know that uh, well Nathan Fillion's a good friends with 
James Gunn. That's why mm-hmm. he was originally going to be in that. He's in the first Guardians as well, and There's CGI the, uh, as prisoners, the yeah. big inmate that mm-hmm. Groot like does the tree yeah. style thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, he was the detachable kid in the Suicide Squad, uh, who's still alive. Yep, um, yes, he is. As is the weasel. Um, <laughs> but so it'd be curious if James Gunn's not involved in it if fillion would want to do it but here you know something that just occurred to me mm-hmm. what's film what is what has recently just wrapped filming three what if he moved the cameo from two to three ah and they already have our wonder man oh that's probably not the case but wouldn't that be neat motherfuckers <laughs> that would be cool i mean just from set photos it seems like guardians 3 has a lot going on yeah. which is exciting to see a bunch of stuff wrap up so uh-huh. it'd be interesting to see if they try to fit that in somewhere or if that's saved for his own show and if they want to take it in a different direction and not have something established because also uh james gunn well he's wonderfully creative and should be left to his own devices if they're gonna have a show that he's not involved in marvel would probably want a lot more guidance yeah on the character and it's a matter of james gunn would go for that or not mm-hmm. yeah i kind of see that you know like if it's like it would have to fit what marvel wants to which yeah James for sure and, and i feel like back on yeah and i feel like after guardians 3 james gunn is done done with marvel because he's just having so much fun over at dc yeah and i feel like that's going to be his new home mm-hmm. which good for him good for yeah i mean him. i thought the peacemaker show was, was awesome. i'm very excited for that that got a season two and then me as well he's developing amanda waller's show mm-hmm. is that what the next one was yep so it lot to work on on dc so be curious if he decides to do that. He's getting paid. He's getting paid. And that's He's what we all like double to dipping. see. Yes, but uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Wonder Man, the TV series happening at what I assume will be Disney Plus? Let us know down in the comments as we move on to our last story before the box office. Hulu original. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be so fucking funny. <laughs> Nick, before we um, get into this story, I, I want to give the audience a bit of a uh, some background. Ladies and gentlemen, very few times, because normally whenever movie news drops, it, we just send it to each other like via text or via Twitter in our little mm-hmm. DMs. Very I slide in there. F- yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. Very few times has I've just gotten a phone call from Nick being like, I have to call you before I send you the article because I'm so thrilled about it. <laughs> three, I can think of three times, and it was back and forth. The first time ever... Was when Jamie Foxx got cast in Spider Man No Way Home. <laughs> it was a Hollywood Reporter exclusive. Deadline was, exclusive. No, it was it was, t- it was Hollywood Reporter. It was Hollywood Reporter. T-shirt. And because it had no title, it yeah. was just Jamie Foxx will play Electro again in Spider Man Three. Spider Man Three. And yeah. we were like, "What? What?" That's where like the whole thing started. Of like, "Oh my god, this is a multiverse movie." Was because of fucking Jamie Foxx. And you called me and were like, you're not going to fucking believe this. And you sent it me the link and made, made me made me open it on the phone. So you could. I didn't do. even tell you. I just said, yeah. look at this. Uh, the other one was when you didn't answer this phone call because you were a bit working or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was when I was quarantined with COVID. And they announced that Daredevil was getting a series on Disney Plus, And I tried to call you like three times. <laughs> and then. Uh, uh, Doc Ock, I called you too. Yes, you did. Went out for Melina came back. Well, it was announced to be back in Spider-Man 3. That's true. And then Nick called me with this one. And you guys might think to yourself, really? This one? Fuck yeah, this one. I'm glad you fucking lot, called me. A lot of me. backstory to I'm it. I'm glad you fucking <laughs> called me. This is an exclusive from Deadline. 
they're going to make a live-action Disney Hercules movie, and it's going to be fucking produced by the Russo brothers and directed by Guy fucking Ritchie, baby. That's what we're fucking talking about. This is what Deadline had to say. <laughs> After watching his live-action transfer of Disney's animated Aladdin become his first film to crack the billion-dollar gross, that's fucking right, Guy Ritchie is back in business with the studio. This time, he's overseeing a live-action film based on the Disney animated film Hercules. The film will be produced by Agbo, the production company run by Avengers Endgame directors Joe and Anthony Russo. The studio is in the process of hiring writers Dave Callahan. After, after process of hiring writers after Dave Callahan wrote a first draft. Dave Callahan, I believe, is the writer of the 2009 A Team. The story gets better and fucking better. The deal was made by Cobb before Richie last month exited the agency and went to WME. <sighs> Guys. His attorney's Matt Saving. I saw that in the article. I'm like, what an interesting thing to add. <laughs> what a tag. Guys, there's a couple things you need to know right off the bat. One, Nicholas and I, the movie nights in general, we love Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. We love Guy Ritchie. Also, we love his King Arthur movie that no one fucking likes. <laughs> More background to that one. There is a handful of movies that Kyler... Dalton and I all unanimously agree on. That never fucking happens. It never happens. Like, like maybe twice this year it's happened. Mm-hmm. Very with, rare. With Everything Everywhere All at Once, mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick, that's it. Mm-hmm. I think. I'd have to look at a list, but yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. But Guy Ritchie's King Arthur movie that was critically panned and one of the biggest box office bombs, bombs of all history. time is what unites the movie nights. <laughs> it's so fucking good. <laughs> and not only that, just like, you know when people deserve success and when you see people that deserve success succeed, mm-hmm. you're like, yes, like you earn this, you deserve this. When that movie flopped and I was worried about Guy Ritchie's career, I was so fucking worried then he made Aladdin, and it made a billion dollars. And we, we were like, yeah. And then he did The Gentleman, which is a fantastic movie. Then he was like, all right, I did one for Disney. I'm going to go do shit I want to do now. And he did The Gentleman, which was great. And, and uh, The uh, Wrath, Wrath of, of Man. Man. And he's got another film coming out this year that looks awesome. Oh, yeah, the one with uh, Aubrey Plaza, right? Yes. Yeah. And then Disney said, hey, guy, why don't you fucking do another one? And you're going to get the big goddamn money, the big paycheck. <laughs> The Bob paycheck. You're going to get it. And he was like, yes, I will. I'm just so happy he's succeeding. <laughs> I love it. You love to see it. I, I'm, I'm glad because sometimes a lot of directors, when they have a bomb like that, it just doesn't get better. Josh Trank. Like Josh Trank, Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes you see successes. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Guy Ritchie. <laughs> I had another one lined up, and I no, no, I'm not even kidding. I had another one lined up, and mm-hmm. then it, I blanked as soon as it, it started. Well, we could technically say Kevin Smith, because Mallrats flopped really hard, and then he made Chasing Amy and Dogma. Did those do well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially Chasing Amy. Uh, who, what's his name? He didn't have success after Suicide Squad, really. David Ayer? David Ayer, yeah. I wasn't a big but, fan of Bright. But and- he will. I'm confident. You're, you feel confident on a rebound? The dude's a great filmmaker, man. He made Fury, which was Fury awesome. Was great, yeah. He made End of Watch, which was great. He mm-hmm. wrote Training Day, which is a great script. Yeah. He'll be fine. <laughs> All bang- Thank you. <laughs> Suicide Squad, <laughs> Bright. <laughs> um, oh. What was the the the, Shia, the tax collector with Shia LaBeouf? The one Arnie movie. 
uh, sabotage. Sabotage is great. Watch your mouth. <laughs> I didn't even know he did that one. I liked Brave. Again, the three, the uniting, yeah. it doesn't it, happen often, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I say that. You go on Letterboxd. I probably gave it like a one star. <laughs> it, it was fine. I, it didn't captivate me enough to want to watch a sequel to it. Movies don't need sequels. I know, but they set it up to be like a sequel. I love being in the middle ignore of this. The, ignore the last two minutes of any movie. You're fine. Have Unless, pretty of of any movie? Unless it's a Spielberg movie or something. I'd like to ignore the last ten of Hereditary. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's that's fair. You know which one I liked that I would watch again was uh what was the one with uh your guy in it um he gets the superpowers like in that game the electric. Yep. He's in that upload show. (laughs) Oh. Code eight. Code eight. Yeah. I'd watch a sequel to Code eight. Yeah. Cody's really good. Uh, he's in a better movie called ARQ on Netflix. Everyone, please give some love. Robbie Amell needs it. Robbie Amell, that's who it was. Yeah, it's like a movie where it it's like one of those where you can inject yourself with powers, right? Was that Code Eight? Or... Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Was like a, kind of like in the boys where he's like shooting up to get the V. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like that except it's a pill. And he gets like electric powers, like electro. That was actually a YouTube short film from years ago, mm-hmm. and they finally got enough money to produce it. At a low budget scale, and get it, it was both the MLs that's awesome. Though, like we're in the original, right? Yeah. yeah. Both the MLs were in it. What was the? Do you remember? Sorry, I'm on a tangent now about like superpowered stuff. This is great. What was the Jamie Fox one we watched? Do you remember watching Project that? Power? Project Power. Do you remember watching Project Power? Did I watch it? I I definitely watched it when we were living together. Because wasn't I it him don't... and um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, that was a good one. I'd watch that one. I never yeah. watched. I never saw the whole thing. Fun. Project Power. Yeah. I like that one. That was a good one. I, remember, I haven't seen the whole thing. Mm, I liked it. I just I like Jamie Foxx. He's so interesting to watch. He's so good in Baby Driver. <laughs> He's so and Django. Yeah, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Two. No, 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 no. Spider-Man No Way Home. Dude, we're not even mentioning his best performance. Horrible bosses. I would say Ray's best performance. No, I mean everyone in the entire world <laughs> thinks that's, so. that's what he won the Oscar for, right? Yeah. What do you guys think about Guy Ritchie directing a lad or a fucking Hercules for Disney and the Russo brothers? Let us know as we move on. But uh, I, I do want to tackle the box office. One, because it's my favorite fucking thing to do. And two, we actually have some really fascinating box office stuff to look into. Uh, number one being that Lightyear did not open to number one, which was a very big deal. It came in about $20 million under pro- projections it was projected around 70 it came in around 50 million dollars which what a problem to have only 50 hey listen damn it (laughs) just remember you always shoot for the moon but if you miss you're still among stars you want to go out sometime (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing after this (laughs) beating your ass in that mario soccer game bro (laughs) but um but uh, so it came in second place. Jurassic World held in its second weekend. It took a sixty percent drop, which isn't the worst thing ever, and it made another uh, fifty-eight million dollars. Lightyear came in at fifty million. Top Gun Maverick only dropped fifteen percent. It dropped fifteen percent from its third to fourth week, bringing in another forty-four million. Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness coming in with another four million. Look at that gap: fifty-eight, fifty, forty-four, four. And Bob's Burgers came in at five with another million. Now, I wanted to take a look at some deep dives into the full worldwide totals of some of these. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Jurassic World Dominion, after two weekends out, has already made $624 million worldwide. Wow. On a budget of 165 It's made 3.8 times. It's making money. Say what you want about the movie. Colin Trevorrow. It's, it's a win. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Kind of. And I want to get into Light Years coming in second because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of reasoning for that. But I think I'll get to it later. But I think one of them is people just underestimating how much people love the fucking dinosaur movies, man. They just love them. I also want to take a look at Top Gun Maverick. So Top Gun Maverick has made. Oh, by the way, it had the second best fourth weekend in history. I don't remember what number one is though. I was trying to remember before the show. The Great Showman. No, but good guess. It's a good guess. It was a good guess because it did yes. climb in its weekends. That's yeah. a good guess. Um, Top Gun Maverick worldwide. Father's Day bump. Oh yeah. Top Gun Maverick Worldwide has made $885 million. It will cross a billion by next week. It'll be the first movie to cross a billion of 2022. And it was made on a production budget of $170 million. It's made 5.2 times its budget back. That That's a winner. Before we move into Lightyear, I want to take a look at Doctor Strange's numbers. $942 million, Just shy. I, it's not going to make it. I think it might get to 960. But it comes on to Disney Plus in two days. And it's summer blockbuster season. There's so much coming out. Yeah. it's It almost made it. But hey, this is nothing to sneeze at, though. This is a fucking excellent total. On a $200 million budget, it made 4.7 times its budget back. That's perfectly successful. Mm-hmm. Good job, Doctor Strange. But I do want to go back to Lightyear for a second. Because I think this is a bigger conversation that I want to get your opinion on. Uh, underperformed in its opening weekend. Now, granted, these numbers could go up, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know, because maybe just this past weekend, I've seen a lot of articles written of people not even realizing Lightyear was out. And that's what I want to talk about. Lightyear, on a budget of $200 million. Mm. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Only open to 50 and a worldwide, has a worldwide total of $85 million. I'm not familiar with animated budgets. Is that high for an animated movie? Yep. Okay. It was banned in 14 countries, though. Yes, but those markets that it were banned in aren't, you know. Like, if it was banned in China, which I don't know if China's going to get it, which they might, but it, they might not. So let me take that back. Maybe it is banned in China. But I would, I would it, is. it is banned in a lot of countries. That is true. But domestically, only opening to 50 is still a question mark. Now... Here is what I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. This is the first Pixar movie in almost two years to open theatrically. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest reason, I think there's a lot of reasons for it underperforming in its opening weekend. I think the biggest one is that Disney has spent the last two years conditioning audiences that the new Pixar movie will come out on Disney+. Plus. Because I've seen a lot of articles written by various experts saying, oh, Lightyear is not on Disney Plus? Like, oh, I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And so people are suggest- suggesting maybe those numbers go up next weekend because families are like, oh, snap, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Yeah. Like, I tried to watch it at home, wasn't there. Do you think, because we remember when they put Soul turning red and uh, there was another one. Luca. Luca, straight to Disney Plus. Pixar was pissed about it and now i think we're seeing the results of that problem the reason why people were getting so mad about it was because this expectation is now there Mm -hmm. and i wanted to get your thoughts on it 
do you think this can be recovered in terms of the next Pixar project possibly making more or opening around the same but with a lower budget? Or do you think the hole is well dug? And I don't, I don't blame the problem fully on that because I think there's a number of reasons as to why it underperformed. Do you have the Jurassic World of it all? You have the Top Gun Maverick of it all. You have the fact that people were like, what the hell is this? Is this a Toy Story movie? Like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. You have that, and you have people thinking that it was just going to be on Disney+. Plus. What are your thoughts on the whole thing, and do you think Bob Chapek and some people at Disney might use this as a way to continue putting Pixar movies straight to Disney+. Plus. And if that happens, what's going to happen with the creators? Will they stay or will they go? Well, I'd be most curious to see because I know that streaming services are very stingy when it comes to sharing yeah. performance mm-hmm. on the services. Yes. So I guess that's a matter of how does this compare to putting them on Disney+. Plus. What I can tell you, it's made $85 more million than all three of them. That is fair. So how do they how do they justify like the Normally whenever you want something to go straight to streaming, you think that product will sign up more subscribers. Okay. Now granted, they are launching an ad supported tier either later this year mm-hmm. or early next year, and then it becomes what will play with ads. Okay. Ad revenue. But other than that, it's what can be and for some reason they thought each Pixar movie they put on there would get a demographic they didn't have to sign up and get it because their kid wants to see the movie really bad. Mm-hmm. With Lightyear, it's a $200 million movie and they're like, we can't just put that yeah, on the, the service like that. So they opened it in theaters and it's, it's a perfectly fine movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I guess then my question is like what the budget is was on the other movies because it's like, if True. you're comparing a $50 million movie... To a two hundred million dollar, yeah, you're not going to make your money back, mm-hmm. or you have a, you you have to do more better, yeah, to get that money back. So it's like, how are they justifying the two? But big corporation, they could just be like, no, we didn't make our money on this one. Pixar's done; they all go to Disney Plus. Yeah, my 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 big concern is, I think that this might lead to them being like, oh, see, they don't want to see them in theaters, mm-hmm. even though they've been conditioning the audience for the past two years that that's where the movies go. Yeah. Do you, do you think it was a marketing thing that dropped the ball? Do you think it was just this particular project people weren't thrilled about going to see? Well, because my, my thing is that I feel like the confusion of like, oh, is it a Toy Story movie? I feel like mm-hmm. that doesn't really matter. Because if kids see Lightyear, they're like, oh, Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. Yeah. They've already bought their ticket. Yeah. You know, the box office, you know, the... <laughs> but really it's like the next week you know once you get word of mouth of like oh don't go see it wasn't good yeah that could have the hindrance on it but opening weekend you know it's just like oh Lightyear, that's the toy story guy and then they find out what they're mm-hmm. doing and they tell you what the movie is but i feel like it was just too many layers for it it was a a complex idea to try to pull off and it didn't fully reach its potential i think yeah but it was perfectly fine. It was just, do we need this one? As opposed mm-hmm. to Pixar's new and innov- innovative ways of telling stuff, like with Soul. And it just seemed like it wasn't really thematically as heavy as the other ones that they've been dealing with. Yeah, I see that. Again, though, I, I'm hoping that the lesson, because what we see too often in Hollywood mm-hmm. is the wrong lesson being learned. And I hopefully they will learn the right lesson. Like, I hope the lesson they learn is, oh... 
maybe we shouldn't condition audiences to do something and then suddenly flip it on its head. Or they learn like, oh, maybe if we're going to launch a movie into theaters, let's kind of have a good idea as to what the audience need and want for it is with competition, etc. And, you know, hey, we could be eating our words and next week maybe fucking Lightyear makes another 50. And it's like, oh, well, words out. You know, but again, what you brought up a good point earlier, it also like maybe those putting those to streaming was really successful in getting new subscribers. Yeah. I, I, I can't see how that'd be possible though, but you know, I've been wrong before, mm-hmm. but in anyway, I'm hoping that the lesson is, oh, we made a mistake, not this was a mistake. You yeah. know what I mean? But uh, something else I want to bring up to you though, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a prediction here and I'm not saying that I believe this, but I'm saying watch out for this next weekend. We have the Black Phone and Elvis opening. Mm-hmm. Now, the older generation, the ones who have finally come back to the movies to see Top Gun Maverick with their families, they're, they're, they're going to see Elvis. The horror audience, which is a very niche audience, is going to go see the Black Phone. Mm-hmm. Who wins? <laughs> well, no. I mean, Elvis is going to win, I assume. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be crazy if Black Phone won? But... You know, we can, but you'll see me really excited on the show next week if that <laughs> happens. But Jurassic World, I think, is going to take another big drop. Mm-hmm. Lightyear, I hope it does better, but I have a feeling it's going to take another drop. What are the odds that Top Gun Maverick jumps back to number one? Ooh. Because think about it. So it made because even if Top Gun Maverick makes twenty million dollars, yeah, that's only dropping fifty percent from week four to week five. And if it made twenty million dollars, is Elvis opening higher than twenty? Is Black Phone opening higher than twenty? Or let's go in this pattern: it drops another fifteen percent, mm-hmm. makes another. I don't know what the math is there. Forty, thirty-nine, something. Is Elvis opening that high? If I had to guess, I think that Top Gun will be second. I think Elvis will take it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be it'll be close. And it'll then be Black thin. Phone number three, and then or Black- number four behind Lightyear Weekend Two, because Black Phone's budget isn't that high, so it doesn't need to make that much. Let me see what that is. I yes, I think Black Phone unfortunately will come in in fourth because I think we're gonna get people seeing Lightyear more mm-hmm. as kids yeah, movies. Yeah, which is what I'm hoping happens, yeah. Um, I would love to see the Black Phone be in third, but I don't think it's going to have the appeal to mm-hmm. beat a Maverick or yeah. an Elvis. Now, what I am going to be predicting, though, I think Black Phone's second weekend mm-hmm. is barely going to drop because that movie has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Oh, wow. And I think that that word of mouth is going to spread. And, and it's crazy with things like Top Gun Maverick. It still proves that word of mouth is the best form of marketing. Mm-hmm. And I say it all the time. Your opening weekend is how good your marketing is. Everything after that is how good your movie is. And Let's I think what... that... And, and also, just to follow back, the budget of the Black Phone is only $18 million. Oh, it'll make that back. It, it'll. I think I think it makes 10 to 15. Opening? Opening, that, that, I, think. I think. that's a solid I prediction. I think reasonable. And yeah. It'll, it'll surpass that. Mm-hmm. Um. But what's shocking is like even if, even if Top Gun took a twenty twenty uh, percent drop, I I could see Elvis coming in in like the thirties. Yeah, high twenties, low thirties though. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of what Top Gun drops. Mm-hmm. Can I pitch something else to you about Elvis? Mm-hmm. Elvis is R rated, I believe. Oh, yeah. I believe, but not just that, it's R rated. We're gonna see his Peter. <laughs> We're gonna see. see. 
No, no, I, I stand corrected. <laughs> I stand corrected. It is PG-13. So no Linuses. But it's two hours and 40 minutes, which means you get less show times in the day. Mm. I still think I give it the edge. A thin edge. Like, I'm talking... I'm talking within five million. It'll be interesting. Lightyear, number one. Ooh, okay. Top Gun, number two. Elvis, three, just below Top Gun, and then Black Phone. Black so you're thinking, uh, you're thinking, and then Jurassic Five. Jurassic Five, because I think everyone who cares enough to see Jurassic <coughs> has point, gone and seen it. See it opening night. Yeah. Ooh, dude, he might be fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty I, good. I, I'd be fascinated to see an, uh, a light year jump up like that and second week beat out two movie premieres. I think not it'll be of, not unheard of. And also, let's be honest, out of all the movies with Locus as the main adversary, <laughs> A Bug's Life is the superior movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's fair. That's a solid one. But see, I'm really fascinated by those numbers next week. Either way, I'm going to be giddy as fuck next week when I see what these box office numbers are. I'm going to be like, oh! I hate how excited you make me for the box office. <laughs> Like, now I've invested. Now I wanted to... Kyle's going to come back next week just to, to listen to the box office. It's... it's Dude, but, like, dude, it's... The box office shit is so fascinating. Like, because mm-hmm. it's it's literally the only metric of measuring what audiences like and are into seeing. Mm-hmm. And... But the reasons are few and far between. Like, it could be a great marketing campaign. It could be a surprise hit. It could be anything. Like, Top Gun Maverick, I knew was going to be successful. I did not know it was going to be this successful this quickly. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, that's going to do well. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, we're we're passing a billion a month in. Yeah. And also, not even a month in. Yeah. And Doctor Strange, I was like, oh, that's going to be a billion-dollar movie. It's not. Now, granted, I'm not talking shit. I think it's made a lot of great – it's made a lot of money, and it's a success for sure. But in my headcanon, I'm like, oh, well, that's going to be the first billion movie of the year, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be Top Gun. Paramount, baby, as we said earlier. But now – does Thor make more money than Top Gun? I don't think so. Mm. You know what I think will, though? And this is an early prediction. I can change my mind. Obviously, Avatar 2. I think Avatar 2 is going to be the highest grossing movie of 2022. Two. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It'll be the highest grossing of the year? Right behind Avatar. Mm. I think. November? November. November. Because I think we're going to see the first trailer for that get immediately sold on what they're going for. Because they haven't really said it, like what they're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then it's just going to, like the zeitgeist, like the first one, just... Yeah. So we'll see. But anyway, that's it for the show today, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Is there anything else you wanted to add, good sir? Uh, No, I think I'm good. Kyler, you want to add anything? all right well thank you guys so much for watching can't wait for the box office next week and we'll see you next time